0: Before we get to today's show, let me tell you about HubSpot. Finding a service solution that helps you keep your customers happy can feel impossible. Like try to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at the networking event. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help. It brings together service and success together on one platform. With AI-powered help desk and chatbots to handle your frontline support tickets. So you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit hubspot.com service to learn more. Hey, hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, your podcast for all things marketing, growth, entrepreneurship, and honestly, things that we find interesting on the internet. As always, I'm your co host, Kit Bodner, and I am joined by the man who's not reading your tweets because he's at the beach all the time these days. I'm always at the beach. You are at the beach. I want to hear about some beach life. The one, the only,
1: Kieran Flanagan. Kieran, what's up, man? uh, So I'm living my best beach life. I was telling you this. I went to a full moon party. What's a full moon party? Can you explain this? All right. So a full moon party when you're in your 20s is going to Thailand and actually drinking copious amounts of drink and having a good time (laughs) dancing on the beach. A full moon party when you're a little bit older is going to a beach at nighttime and meditating. (laughs) (laughs) slightly different version of partying. A slightly different, but actually still as exhilarating. So I've been meditating on the beach, yoga on the beach, running on the beach, swimming in the beach, spending a lot of time, a lot of good weather, getting some beach life in. It's been good. Summer, baby. Summer is here. Let's go. I'm feeling better already. Some sun. We're not stopping the marketing work, but we are excited to
0: be doing it in the sunshine and like getting some fresh air. Right. And I'm excited about your beach
1: time, dude. The other exciting news is, are you ready, Kip? Because you laughed at me. Uh, I have a buyer for my chess NFT. No way. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So, John Latiga on Twitter hit me up. He's trying to buy my chess NFT. He loves the checkmate, he thinks it's awesome. Hannah really messed up by not buying this uh, <laughs> awesome <laughs> NFT. And so, I just need to figure out how to log in to <laughs> because I, I can't actually log in anywhere. So, you pitched <laughs> this thing that you don't even know how to sell? Uh, I feel like he can log in, I can't log in. So I'm trying to like sell it to him. <laughs> And the problem is at the moment, I can't get into the website to sell it. So that is going to be my even plan. But Are you sure you're not paying him to take it and just not telling us? No, no. I'm the, yeah, the WeWork CEO of <laughs> selling my chest. Like he's meant to be one of the best salespeople in the world. I'm the equivalent for chess NFTs. And so uh, thank you, John. Thanks for listening. Thanks for deciding to buy my amazing NFT.
0: Is the purchase price of this transaction going to be disclosed?
1: You know, it depends. <laughs> 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 the more it's embarrassing the, for you, the more yeah, I hope it gets yeah. disclosed. I'll disclose it because I think it will be highly embarrassing, but someone can go buy it on the secondary market from John. It's going to be funny in a year when your chess NFT is worth like thousands of dollars and we've all made fun of you. Exactly. Someone really famous is going to have my chess NFT with, along with their board ape. The <laughs> other person I wanted to chat, so we had another cool listener called Jake... One of the things that is really hard about doing a podcast, if you wanted to do a podcast yourself, is editing. So Jake has actually launched a new company. He's a listener, launching a new company called suncut.co. I wanted to give him a shout out. He can do all of the editing for you. It's like a a SaaS service, it seems to be, for people who want to drop the podcast in. What's that domain? Suncut.co suncut.co. Okay, that's cool. Give them a shout. And then one other listener want to give a quick shout out to is Emma, who's the SVP of marketing over there at ThoughtSpot. So she gave us a great topic. I'll put it on the list, Kip, but it's around global act local for community and content. Uh, something that we can cover in a future episode. I love that. The global thing is huge. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the Marketing Against the Green community.
0: Thank you all. We deeply appreciate it. We have so much fun doing this. Please know we read all the comments, all the
1: reviews, all the tweets.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I
1: sometimes feel like I should maybe have more of a life, but I don't. Very cool. Where you want to go? You want to tell our listeners what we're doing on this episode? Let's do
0: a quick little sidebar. Just one thing I want to mention, because you talked about your chest NFT, and it made me think... That this past week, Solana passed Ethereum in NFT volume. Oh, did it? Did you see that? I did not see that. And I hold Solana. Yeah, daily volume of NFTs was greater than that on Ethereum. Oh, wow. Crazy, really interesting things happening in the blockchain and NFT space. I just wanted to call that out because I thought you and I were early fans of Solana. This is more of us doing a little victory lap. Yeah, and
1: Solana is at $40. We maybe got this one right. We'll see. But like... We're dancing a little bit. We're feeling it. But the coin is in the dumps right now. Please go up. (laughs) Shh. I bought more when it was a (laughs) hundred dollars. I bought all the way up to $200. Please go up more. (laughs) Shout out
0: to everybody building on Solana. That's awesome. But we have an actually an amazing show today. Kieran, you want to tell people what the heck we're going to do today? Because I think it's pretty awesome.
1: Okay. We talk to founders all the time. What do founders ask us for? Hey, I'm trying to hire my CMO, my head of marketing. How do I do that? How do I hire a head of marketing and how do I structure my team? Every time every time. And so what we did is we reached out. I reached out on LinkedIn. I asked people who had roles for heads of marketing and CMOs they were trying to hire. I thought we would talk about a couple. And then that, like through the lens of those jobs, try to describe how we would hire that person, the things that we would do if we were the CMO, what's hard, what's not, all of those good things. And so I can quickly introduce the two roles that we're going to use as case studies as we go through these examples and the companies, is that a good place to start? Yeah, I just want to say that I promise this
0: episode is going to be awesome and not just an excuse for Kieran and I to email this to every founder, who ever asks us the same question so we don't have to repeat ourselves all over. But we're going to do that, too.
1: We're going to do that, too. I'm just I'm, just, I'm not saying. Hey, the best content solves your own problems. And the reason I'm doing this podcast is to just email this episode to people. <laughs> I might just put it in my email signature. You know? Yeah, this is how you do it. Yeah, totally. Awesome. That being said, people are going to hear
0: how the heck you do this, because it's a very popular topic. So yeah. give us the overview of the roles, and then we're going to break it down.
1: Okay, so we have two great companies. One is called Flow. They are FL0. I do know the founder, Dale. And so they have an amazing product. I've spent time with Dale. I've had a demo of the product. It's like a back-end platform for software engineers. It basically automates a lot of the things that software engineers can do, developers, and so they can actually work on much more important things. They're a PLG company, so they're going to be bottoms up. And they are looking to find their very first marketing hire, right? So I took one that was very first. They want to hire a great marketer, build out the team. They have a ton of great investment. And the founders, I've had multiple successful companies before. So they are a really awesome business. Sounds like a really cool role. Hold on, hold on. I want to clarify for everybody.
0: What Kieran just said, PLG, he means product-led growth, which means you have a freemium or product-led experience where the first interaction with your business is a product versus like a salesperson, for example. And so that's that's the type of go-to-market model that Flow fl 0 is going through. And I just want to make sure everybody listening knew that. Now drop us what the second role is.
1: I got one with a slightly different uh, stage and slightly different go-to-market. So product-led growth as flows go-to-market. Loyalty Lion and Charlie is the CEO over there. I think also the founder, again, a great business. They help stores launch their loyalty programs. Mm -hmm. Nice. Their job description is really good, actually, because they give the exact things that they want from this head of marketing. So they have 10 marketers, so they actually had, do have a team. They're mm-hmm. doing really well. They're generating 40% of their revenue from inbound. They did 70% percent year in year growth last year. Nice. Go, Loyalty Lion. So they're very, like, very specific. We want the majority of our revenue to come from inbound. We want to increase the amount of revenue from the marketing team. The other thing I really loved about what they did, and I really think people should Take this uh, into their own job descriptions. They had these two things that would count people out. Like, who are the types of people that this role is not for? Oh, love that! And so they had: if you are really into enterprise and kind of mid-market and doing account-based marketing, it's really not for you. Mm-hmm. If you are someone who makes most of your decisions through intuition and not data and hasn't worked with large data sets, it's really not for you. And so they were very like clear on what they did and didn't want. But they have a marketer with an established team, and they want to just go to the next phase of growth. Awesome. Let's go. I'm excited about this. These
0: are two really good companies, two really good roles. I bet somebody listening to this podcast is going to
1: take one of each of these roles. So let's break it down. So here's where I start, right? Please. This is what I try to tell founders. How do you categorize the areas of a market and a leadership? So I have four distinct categories. What could a person be great at? I have builders, Yes. right? So you excel at building an audience, whether that's across search, email, paid. You have the innate ability to reverse engineer something and then build that audience for your channel, build scalable playbooks, build frameworks that help you to scale out across teams that you build, right? So you have builders. Builders is one thing you can excel at. The next thing is storytellers. And storytellers is you can tell the story across different altitudes of your business.
0: Yes. Yes. This is important.
1: I'd love to get a little bit of your feedback here, but so you can tell the aspirational story, which is brand. You can tell the more functional story, which is product marketing. And you can tell these stories across a wide variety of mediums, your press, website events, right? So second one is storytellers. The third one is operators, right? You can excel at instrument and instrument in operating models, how you scale teams, how you scale programs. Like you're very process driven, very analytical, can instrument the right operating models to grow a team, to grow programs. Then you have leadership, right? No brainer. Leadership, you're very mission driven, great at hiring, great at coaching, great at collaboration, great at working with C-suite founders. And actually I'll, Pause, and I'll come over to you now. I just want to say one quick thing about these things. So that's my four categories of things, right? Yep. The four categories of things that a marketing team can be truly great at, so the leader needs to be truly great at. There's two that are out there that cause the most angst for founders and teams when they're trying to structure and market it.
0: I think I know what you're going to say, but let's drop it. I want to know.
1: So content and media can live between storytelling and building? Yes. And then the other one is... Product-led growth causes some problems Mm -hmm. because actually building is split between growth and marketing. And then community, I would love to riff with you on, is community a separate category or is it in building plus storytelling? So they are my four things. Over to you, Kev, what do you think?
0: So a few things. First of all, I love your four things. I think they're great framing, great categories for everybody listening for us to especially talk about these two wrecks with. My hot take coming out of this is founders, leaders, business owners, they obsess way too much around how things should be organized. Okay. Things should largely be organized based on the people and the skill sets you have. Ha, this is a hot take. This is a hot take. It's a hot take. I told you I'm coming in hot. It is one of those things where if you have a great product marketer who has a background in media, like why wouldn't you have them run the media stuff, for example? It doesn't have to foot perfectly yes there has to be some alignment but there's like all this stuff is fungible Mm -hmm. there are multiple ways that these things could align and i feel like too many founders that i talk to want to have this perfect like box of their of the team and the structure and then slot humans into that box when it should actually be the other way around is that you should have this perfect box of humans that are the right blend of those four skills that you talked about And then slot the strategies against the humans.
1: I think most companies do it wrong. Most companies would 100% start with the boxes. Most founders start with the boxes. And they're like, in their mind, it's, uh, you're a marketer. You're either demand generation, a brand marketer, or you're product marketing. And that's my boxes. And I'll have three teams. And that's the kind of teams. Which is super stupid. Yeah. You know what? But you know why it's stupid? is because
0: it completely discounts a human's ability to learn. Right. And that's what those things are. And look, if you need somebody to operate, you don't need them to be a crazy, like curious learner. But if you need somebody to build, then they're going to be a great learner. And so if you're hiring a builder, a builder can do a lot of different
1: things. That's the argument I would make. A hundred percent. Because they're constantly trying to learn platforms and things that are ever changing. Yes. Maybe one thing I, I don't know if I'm countering or agreeing, but add in a different <laughs> kind of footnote. You're yes anding. I think I'm yes, then Yes, figure out who you hire and then try to build a team to their strengths. Mm-hmm. The one thing I would also think through is like, what do I need to excel at in the next twelve yes. to eighteen months, and yes. how do I collapse all of those? I was going here next. How do I give those teams the outweighted leverage? Like, how do I put all of my leverage into those teams? And so, a good example. Let's go into community and please let's try to think about like where does it belong. But if I wanted to build a truly great community, and again, community across. I'm going to include media. I'm going to include my actual community, like my Discord, my Slack. I'm going to include Mm -hmm. my events because they're the core tenants of like a community, like media, the actual account-based media where you actually have an account. You can interact with people and, and events. I would collapse all of that into one team, right? What actually happens to most companies is that community team are like, hey, can you create awesome content? Hey, can you do this at the event? Yeah, we have no skills. Yeah, we (laughs) we have literally nothing on the team that can help us be successful. Give it all the community. If you want to build a community, give it all the community. Give them the leverage. Well, your macro point is if you want to accomplish something, you have to put the magnitude of force behind it, right? Yes, you have to put the magnitude of force and give them the power to be successful. Yes. And everyone else has to be okay with asking them for some spare resources to do some stuff. But no, I want to do this thing, so I'm going to give that team all the leverage, all the momentum. Okay. I completely
0: plus one your community take and like community, it's more of a binary. It's like if you're going to go hard in community to build a big community team that might even be its own team versus trying to shoehorn a person who does community under a product marketing org or an acquisition org. Okay. Let's talk about the first role. I want to like I want to get into these jobs, Kieran.
1: I want to tell people why they'd be good, why they wouldn't be good. Let's go. Okay, let's start with what every founder asks us is what matters. Yes. All right. I'm asking my marketer to be A world-class builder, a world-class storyteller, a world-class operator, a world-class leader. And so one of the things I thought we could start on in terms of what matters, and I talked through the roles in terms of this framework, is a framework that you use a lot. Is distribution constrained or perception constrained? Do you want to talk about that framework? And then we can actually go through how those roles are currently structured in terms of where they are leaning towards. Yes. And then discuss if we think they're right or wrong. Yeah,
0: so uh, the, the framework Kieran's talking about is if you have a go-to-market, if you sell lots of customers at a pretty low price, then you're normally distribution constrained. The ability to grow is largely, I need to reach a lot of new people, new businesses at a very low cost. If you have a big sales, enterprise sales team, you're selling hundred, two hundred, 300 thousand dollar a year deals and you have like heavy sales involvement and like trust, credibility, security, all of those things become an important part of that transaction, then you're largely perception-constrained. Do people perceive your product and your brand in a way that's safe, in a way that complies with what they need from the type of solution that you sell? So you first have to look at the the job. I think we're going to look at the flow job first, probably, around this framework. Is the flow job... Distribution-constrained
1: or are they perception-constrained? What do you think, Karen? So this is the interesting thing, right? They're both. Yes. They're both because they're really at the starting point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just starting to build out their brand, starting to build a distribution edge. And The other caveat and the other wrinkle here is that they're also PLG. So what I find is PLG companies normally leave into marketers who are storytellers, Because they're like, oh, most of the growth will come through the product itself. Mm -hmm. So what we need is a marketer who is truly great at storytelling, positioning. When you look at the flow job description, when I talked to Dale, they really wanted that kind of product marketing first leader. I
0: hate that. That's such a bad idea.
1: It's so bad, Dale. Okay, let's go. Why do you not think they should do that? I think this is a good debate to have. They want someone to nail their brand, nail their positioning, and build community for developers. Well, first of all,
0: only one of those three things is product marketing. Agreed. So, so if you're going to go out with product marketing, you're only going to solve one of those three things. So, I think right off the bat, that kind of tells you it's probably not a great idea. But let's break it down. One of the most important things a marketing to do when they're considering the job. Let's pretend we were people considering to go work for Dale. Is who's the audience I'm marketing to? Developers. What do we know about developers? They're skeptics. Right. You know, they are they're thoughtful, highly logical, highly skeptical humans. Highly functional skeptics. And so perception matters to them. The flip side is because they're highly technical, they can do a lot for themselves. If they have motivation, like they can architect, build. You don't have to have this like perfect lightweight user experience to get them to do something, right?
1: Yeah. That's why all these companies are product-led growth.
0: Yes. And so what I would say here is that because they are skeptics, it's a yes and. It's community plus distribution more than it is perception. Is The argument I would make is that, oh, it doesn't really matter what my category is. You know what skeptics don't really care about? Categories. Mm. They don't. I'm sorry. They just don't. They care, does this solve my problem? Does this make my life easier? I'm doing this thing I know how to do. Is it really worth changing? You know, it's like, there's a lot of inertia Mm -hmm. with skeptics and I'm, and I don't mean to paint developers specifically like this. There's tons of personalities and profiles of people that fit this kind of mold. And so if I'm Dale and I'm looking for a head of marketing, I'm going to say, Hey, developers trust each other. So first of all, I need to have enough customers that I can have a flywheel and a word of mouth of advocates to do that. And maybe I need to change my incentives and my pricing and packaging and everything to accomplish that. And then I need a real way to catalyze developers in a community. So I would be saying like, oh, I want a community builder who is really good at distribution. And then they need to be a good enough leader that they could hire a solid product marketer to go figure out the positioning category stuff.
1: Okay. This is the thing we should talk about. Let's do it. What you said is really important for founders to understand, which is they should be great at this, even though you want this, but they can hire someone to do this. Yes. So there's two things that you're saying that are interesting if we go back to our categories. Because what you're saying is community is somewhat a fifth category. Builder, storyteller, community builder.
0: Community builder. It's a it's a flavor of builder. I think it's a flavor of builder. Yeah,
1: I think it's a flavor of builder. So we want a builder who can build community, knows how to do distribution but has good enough leadership qualities that they can hire a great product marketer to build that, that position be for developers, make sure developers understand why they should build platforms and software and apps on our stack. And I think one of the things that founders often don't know is leadership is inherent in that role. Yep. If you're not a good leader, don't hire that person. <laughs> the challenging thing is like, and I'll, I'll use me as an example. So like you become an operator as your team grows, whether yes. you want to or not. <laughs> whether you want to or not. 100%. Oftentimes builders want to build yes. and want to create, right? And actually operate in as something they do, but they don't ever think that I would not put myself, hey, I'm the best operator in the world, but I do it. Same. One of the cheat sheets here, I know we're going on tangent, but I think this is really important. You and I have talked about this. One of the cheat sheets is if you are a builder, whatever role you take always pair yourself with an operator. Like the, yes. immediately the first yes. hire I would make when building a team is a great operator who reports directly into me and can build all of the great instrumentation to make my team operate really, really well. 100%. Like the meeting quality, the documentation, the alignment, all of that kind of stuff. What do you think about that? Yes, plus 1 million. Shout out, Chloe. Thanks Thanks for all your help. That's why Kip gets to build because Chloe does all <laughs> yeah, of the hard work. Totally. Thank you, Chloe. <laughs> okay, so coming back to Flow, the community distribution. So Dale, make sure you have someone strong. Community distribution. I want to ask another question. as part of marketing? But here's a great question for you. If I'm head of marketing, I'm like, wow, this company looks legit, like awesome. But I have not marketed to developers before. Mm-hmm. You think I should go for that role? You think I can do that
0: role? So two things here. First thing, yes, if you haven't marketed developers, Yeah, you can do it. I believe anybody can market to anyone if they understand that persona deeply, they understand what that person needs. I don't think if you are somebody who's rigid and you're like, hey, I have a marketing playbook that I go and run, then don't go market to developers or a new persona because you have to be agile and have flexibility in your strategy and your playbook to really make that work. The flip side of this, Karen, I think one of us should try to do the ultimate sales pitch for this job for Dale. If we were gonna pitch why this job is amazing for Dale. You know, the, the flip side, of, if if somebody listening's a marketer and they're like, "Hey, it's interesting. I maybe mean, hey, maybe I should reach out to Dale." What would get them over the edge and be like, "Oh, I I got to go take this job now."
1: What's the pitch for Dale? Okay, this is easy to do because just to be really transparent, I've invested in that company. <laughs>
0: Oh, shameless investment plug on the pod. Oh, I see. Last time I let Kieran pick the companies for this.
1: Mm. I know, it's. So awesome. Thanks, man. How would I pitch this company? I think the company has, it's not a 10x problem. If you solve this, it's not a 10x return. It's like a 100 plus x return, right? They're mm. they solving a problem that helps developers build more efficiently. And there is a lot of developers building a lot of things. And if you become the platform to build their apps, build whatever they're building much more efficiently so they don't have to do a lot Mm -hmm. of the things they can now automate. Especially within developers, you just have an innate ability to build something very big. I think the other cool thing about building to developers is you need to market in a different way. You Mm -hmm. don't have to fake it. (laughs) You don't have to blend the lines between truth and fiction. Mm -hmm. What you actually have to do is build a great community of developers who want to interact with you and give them things of value, you want to make sure you connect developers to developers because developers actually, a lot of the ways they end up using things is through meeting each other. So that's through meetups and kind of events and things like that. So there's a great opportunity to do community building. There's a great opportunity to do great product marketing and brand that is not you know blurring the lines between fake or fiction like really practically how does this make their lives better and i think there's a great opportunity to do something as marketer number one and build the team as you want it to be built okay i love
0: that can i give you my pitch give me it i'm gonna pretend that i'm dale right now and so dale feel free to steal any of this that you would like i'd say hey why are you wasting your time over there don't you want to come change the world look at the future of this world the future of the world is built by developers Builders rule in the future. Look at how your day-to-day life from the phone in your pocket to the apps you use have been completely transformed by developers. Don't you want to empower that entire community? Don't you want to be the person who transforms just how society works? And you know what's great? You know the worst thing about being a marketer is marketing a bad product. You know what you can't do? You can't have a bad product and survive in developers. I'll tell you this right now. We've got a great product and we are committed to building a world class product. And when you've got a great product, you as a marketer, you don't have to worry about that. Instead, you can work on what you do best. You can help us grow and scale the community. Oh, yes. You can help us tell remarkable stories to the skeptical audience. And you know what's great? It's rewarding. When you win over skeptics, nothing feels better. And then they are. Die hard advocates for you, and they're going to spin your
1: flywheel really fast as you scale and grow your career here. Come on. If you want Kip to sell your job, please send us $100 in Solana to follow in <laughs> the rest. I was going to say, Kieran playing a good dot soul, $100, and I will yeah, Please hit us up. So I think that's a great pitch. Okay. So we are actually saying, hey, Dale, you're distribution constrained, perception constrained. We think you should lean into distribution, particularly through community. We think the person who does that can actually get you the perception constrained and the product market and upside. Loyalty Lion, right? A little bit let's different. Do it loyalty Lion, let's go. They're uh, inbound marketing. Inbound marketing, yes. awesome. They want to grow much more demand from, so they're much more leaning into distribution constrained. Mm-hmm. Charlie wants them to 10X their amount of demand over time, and they want to be a much bigger part of their demand funnel. What I've seen is, product companies lean into storytellers in my marketing companies lead into builders whether that's right or wrong
0: i was gonna say you could argue we could argue if that's right or wrong but I, that's a good fair observation i think
1: so why don't we do this one for loyalty lion yeah how do you fail i'm a marketer i'm gonna take this role my lifespan is 18 months before i get maybe chopped <laughs> but like how do i do even better how do i get chopped in the first 12 months
0: yeah. What do I do wrong? So how do you get fired from the first year in Loyalty Lion? Why would you not take this job? This is
1: basically what you're saying, right? No, I'm saying like, I'm saying, okay, we're, we're going to say why you would fail. So if you take this role, the things that you would really truly need to focus on, like how do you succeed in that first 12 months, that really pivotal first 12 months in this role? And how does Charlie make sure that he sets that person up for success because he makes sure, oh, like, these are the places I don't want you to fail upon. These are the places I want you to focus on. I've got
0: a hot take and the Loyalty Lion team might not like my take, but I'm, I'm going to give you a hot take. Job one, we'll go back and forth on, on these reasons. Job one, I think, is you got to come in and one of the things, if we remember earlier in this episode that Kieran told us about Loyalty Lion, they got a team. They got 10 people. Is that the right team? Yes or No. <laughs> If you are going to scale, do you have the right people? I'm being serious. It might be, but you might even have the right people, but they might be in the wrong roles. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, oh, you need to go rebuild those team. It's not wrong. The team are like, oh, like they're talking about our, they're going to
1: pitch our job. This is awesome. And Kip's hot take is, you might need to fire everyone. (laughs)
0: I am not saying that you should fire anyone. I am saying that you should come in, you should look at the group of humans, and you should say, hey, do I have the skills that I need? Where do I need to bring new people on to add the right skills that I don't have? And do I need to move people around into different roles? Because what you told me is that inbound is important. And what you and I know with inbound is you have to build relentlessly week over week. And you have to have the right people with the right content, the right search skills. Like you have to have very specific skills and you have to have a very specific drum beat of how you execute. And so you have to have the right team. Exactly. I would say the number one reason you're going to fail in the first year is if you don't have the right skills and don't make the right kind of alignment organization changes on the team. Go.
1: I don't disagree. I think when you come in as a new leader, you have to assess where you need to be great. And are you truly great there right now? Shout out to the marketing team of Loyalty Lion. They have grown <laughs> in demand 70% year on year. They, they are they are a great Ooh, team. Go no Loyalty Lion. I'm sure you're amazing. I just had to make a point. Sorry. I think, look, for the first six to 12 months, you're expected to be a builder. Charlie threw out in the job description 10x customer acquisition, What we've done that a couple of times in terms of demand. That is no joke. (laughs) Not easy. (laughs) That is no joke. When you're a builder, you are somewhat, you can, this comes back to the inputs and the results. I don't know if we want to come back to this conversation. <laughs> ben, but. Why are you trying to haunt me? Are you trying to hurt me? When you're trying to 10X numbers, you have to repeatedly find things that scale, right? And the things that are working today may not work in the future. And to your point, like you need to come in and assess the team. Okay, we've, we're 70% year on year. Now, I actually need to do that the following year and the following year. Do I have the right people in the right places to make those bets? The one thing I would advocate for is to get anywhere, you have to have a path to... You have to kind of know how you're going to get there, right? Like any mm-hmm. goal in mind, you can have to some sort of path to get there. When I would come in, I would probably really nail my forecast model, try to figure out where I expect that growth to come from. I would update that often to make sure that my data points are correct to make sure my hypotheses are correct. And the other thing I would just like talk about is, okay, I would assess the team Make sure I'm making the right long-term bets. Make sure I have the skills in the right-term places. Make sure I have a forecast model. Make sure I update that uh, often. The other hot take that I would have is... Give it to me. Don't obsess around hiring A-plus people. Ooh, hot. We're on fire over here. (laughs) Create a culture where people can do A-plus work, right? Mm, You love this take. This is a very popular Kieran take. Yeah, because how many A-plus people are there, right? Interview process is like it's deeply flawed in some ways and the kind of theory that you can hire only A plus people where every other company is trying to hire A plus people is kind of a myth but if you can create a culture where people can come in and learn things And do A-plus work and become A-plus people, then you're going to have a much more scalable team. And I think that's the thing a leader coming in should obsess over is how are my people learning? How are they actually getting better? And I think that's what you need to kind of instrument into your culture.
0: I love that. You know, Kieran, I was thinking you are going to go a little bit of a different way. And I want to go that direction, but I want to do it in a little different way. I want to do the opposite of what I just did. Can I pretend that I'm a candidate What's the founder, Charlie? Charlie, can I pretend that I'm a candidate yep. selling Charlie right now on why he should hire me and what Charlie should want to hear from, from this candidate?
1: Yes. Yeah, let's do it.
0: I'd say, hey, Charlie, what I love about this job, I'm passionate about customers. I am passionate that you are going to help businesses bring their customer community together to really grow and scale because I see so many opportunities out there where businesses are having a hard time growing and they need to rely on their customers more. You know what I also love? I love how clear you are with what you need for this role. You want a 10x inbound growth. I love that clarity. This is what I'm going to do for you, Charlie. I'm going to come in and I'm going to get you that 10x growth, but this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a model for myself and my team that's 30x growth. Because I know I'm not going to get there, but I am sure as hell going to get past 10x growth. 10x growth isn't enough. Mm. We're going to need more. The problem we're trying to solve is bigger and better in this world. And 10x growth is underselling it. I might only get us to 15x, but that's still 50% more than you're expecting. And what I know is if I just keep doing predictable stuff, dragging that spreadsheet, getting you to 10X, that we're just going to, we're going to stay at 10X and never get past it and corrode over time. And that's not the business we want to build. I want to build a great business with you and I want to have really high aspirations and I want to build a world-class team of people and be able to develop people to make that happen for you, Charlie.
1: Let's go. Let's go. You know what I would do? I would say, look, Charlie, I am an NFT holder of the Lazy Lions. I like and lions. <laughs> lazy lions sounds a lot like lalty lions. <laughs> Maybe we can partner with lazy lions. Lazy lion, lalty <laughs> lion, <laughs> merge, an NFT merge. Uh, let's do it. One of the things I thought I would do for the first 12 months is just give three categories of things that I would do that you could replicate as... You and I have gone through this process numerous times, but yeah. I think the first thing is you do this period of discovery. Yeah. Like, I'm just in as a marketer. I want to talk to my team and my customers and partners, right? Like, I want to do this large kind of month of discovery, really dig into how things work, what problems are, what the opportunities are. The other thing, then, I would take some time to synthesize my thoughts, like categorize those thoughts into themes and topics. What did I hear? And I would try to get the qual and quant, right? Oh, I heard this thing does the data back it up? I heard this thing. Is it really a problem? Does the data back it up? And then the thing I would love to talk to you about, Kip, because you are really good at this, is the third category, which is not done enough with a marketing because we just don't have enough rigor, is break things down into their truths and then develop first principles from that, right? Yes. So if I was going, okay, I want to win at building and I've done all my discovery, I've done my synthesizing of topics, I could break building down into its core truths, which is okay to win at them, you need to acquire the majority of your demand from organic search search paid yep. virality partnerships right and then web3 ownership in search to win at search you need to have available search traffic. There needs to be traffic that's relevant to your product or relevant to your space that you can acquire paid. What are the actual truths in each of these things? Yes. Hell yes. This is how you get there. Yeah. You develop first principles. Like One of our principles is, okay, well, I need to develop a search first media strategy. I need to have a profitable paid advertising campaign. I need, like They're very basic, but can you talk a little bit about how you do first principles and how a marketer could use that, Take break things down into their truth, build first principles to help new marketers going into these kind of head CMO roles? Yeah. So let me first talk about like why you need first principles, right? What you you need first
0: principles to give clarity to a team. I don't care if it's two people, 10 people, 200 people. The more clarity you have about the joint mission you all are on together, the more you're going to succeed. Every single time, the more you're going to succeed, right? And so when we think about first principles, like one of our first principles at Marketing HubSpot is our job is to give 10x the value away to our prospective customers and customers for free or extremely low cost. That's how we differentiate. It's like, how do we create an insert insane amount of value for those people, right? And it makes it very clear, it doesn't matter what job you have on marketing, you know that, oh, is this valuable enough or is this just like what everybody else is doing? And that helps everybody frame how they spend their time and how they spend their effort. So, yes, if I'm Charlie, I'm the business, I'm the CMO going in to work with Charlie, I would say, hey, Our goal is that we want to grow inbound 10x. And so if we want to grow inbound 10x, we have to, first of all, differentiate on the value we provide and the stories we tell. And so an example of like how you would get to a first principle there is you'd say, okay, I got a 10x inbound. And so I need to get a bunch of people from organic search. That's a key part of inbound. How am I going to do that? And you'd say, we serve this part of the market. You know, you kind of do your analysis and then you'd say, oh, okay, I got it. Then what you would say is our first principle here is we must do everything in service to the core topics our audience cares about. That's like, like a clear first principle. And we are not going to deviate about what we care about to do product launch I'm not like, you, you tasked me with, with 10xing inbound, Charlie. We're going to get great product marketing long-term. We're going to do other things long-term. But until I'm on a path to feel like I can 10x inbound year over year for three years, I'm, I'm going to worry a lot less about those things. And it's prioritizing and getting the first principles there I think is super important.
1: Yeah, ruthlessly prioritize. I think that is the best advice I could really give to someone coming in and taking one of these roles as head of marketing is break things down into their truths and really develop first principles for your marketing team. And the thing that you said, Kip, is ruthlessly prioritize even if you have a even if dale is saying to you no i want it all i want my brand i want my product marketing i want my community i want all of these things well your job is to educate dale Dale, that he is going to be the problem right he is being the problem i don't think dale is going to do this dale has a multi-time founder but if he let's use that as an example oh you're the problem i you've told me you want to do this
0: have we switched back to dale or did you just confuse dale and charlie
1: no i switched back to dale
0: okay then i got confused sorry
1: yeah i'm confusing (laughs) people we can switch back to charlie (laughs) Dale, Charlie, the two of them are being problematic. Hey, guys, (laughs) chill out. Stop fighting, Dale. Stop fighting, Charlie. Come on, guys. Yeah, to both of them, like if bo- like, they're, they're, they're founders, they're CEOs, they want it all. And I think the marketer's job is, head of marketing job, CMO's job is to like really help them understand why you need to ruthlessly prioritize and what are the most important things and what are the absolute truth in that thing and what are my pr- first principles in that thing.
0: You're, you're bringing up, back to your question from a minute ago, how do you fail in either one of these roles? And I think what you're saying is that the, one of the ways you're most likely to fail is if you fail to manage up and manage expectations. Right. You have a founder who wants the world and founders are brilliant. They're unreasonable. They're the best type of people in the world, but you can't do it all at once. And you have to say, Hey, I'm here. I'm going to do all this with you, but I need an order of operations. I need to let me do these one or two or three things first. Then we'll get to everything else. Right. And we want to stay on this mission. We want to stay focused. Right. Cool. You think we covered it? Let's close out on the pitch for the last job. I I want to do a good job for these companies. They were kind enough to, to submit. What's your pitch for somebody who would take the Loyalty Lion job? Like, why is it a great job?
1: If I'm a marketer and I have a CEO telling me they're ambitious enough to call out in the job description, they want 10x growth to give you the numbers of what they've done previously, (laughs) to tell you what they do and don't want. The fact that they want someone who can do broad-based scale, not enterprise marketing. That yeah, that speaks to what's fun about marketing. They're in a great space, the e-com space. They have the Shopify ecosystem that you can build into. You love that. Yeah. My pitch for anyone doing this is whether you go into any type of marketing, learning how to build large audiences is translatable everywhere. Even if you go into enterprise marketing, if you wanna go, whatever marketing you wanna go into, being able to build a large audience and work with large data sets and be able to do ambitious growth and work with an ambitious founder will set you up for success in anything else that you wanna do. Totally true.
0: I completely agree. I wanna close out on one final topic as it relates to, to, I think, especially the Loyalty Lion job, which is a lot of leaders talk about customer experience and, and what it's like to buy your product, onboard your product and everything. Candidate experience is just as important, and what I love about what Loyalty Lion did with their job description, right, is like you, you like, hey, they call out 10x growth. You are looking for somebody at scale. You are looking for somebody unreasonable. Make sure that shows up in your job description. Make sure that shows up on how your recruiter does outreach. If you have that kind of a job description and you're doing like a boring recruiter outreach, people are gonna be like, ah, they really don't want this. If you're hiring ahead right. of a brand and you go with some like button up executive search firm that's all serious, they're not going to take you serious, right? You have to have the alignment for what you're looking for in that person and that candidate with the experience you're going to market through. Your interview process, your recruiting, job description, everything becomes really important.
1: Yeah. I do think all job descriptions are too long. Too long and too boring. Yes. Just tell them we need you to build a community, crush our product marketing, and do this other thing. That's it. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> because we're like mentally incapable of doing anything other than like three bullet points at any one time. They all read like everything a CMO could possibly do. But I just think you just say, I need you to do these three things. Next 18 months, who knows what will happen to after that. But if you need these next three things or 18 months, we're going to be in a good spot. Love that. This was really fun. Sh- a shout out to both Flo and Lloyd
0: Lyon. Good luck in your marketing leader search. I hope somebody listening to this is an awesome search and goes,
1: reaches out to those companies and applies and talks to to Charlie or Dale. If you like this episode, uh, leave a review. Tell us you really like it. We'll bring it back and do it again. And if you have any kind of other things you would like to see in this episode, like focus on these companies, talk about this stuff, just leave it all in the reviews. That's where we get all of our feedback. Reviews on Apple Podcasts, please. Yeah. And leave your name in the reviews and we'll always give you a shout out. If you're launching something, if you're doing something cool, like we did with Jake and SunCut, leave it in the reviews. We'll give it a shout out in this show. Shout
0: out if you're in the podcast space, check out Jake and SunCut. Lots more episodes coming, lots more shout outs coming. This was fun. Kieran, enjoy the beach time, my friend, and I will talk to you soon. Peace out, everybody. Beach.